I think we're going to do a show. That's what we're going to do. Oh, we're going to do a show? Yeah. Oh, you're a tough guy, huh? Yeah, first time caller. Uh, long time listener, or is it long time listener? No. First time listener, long time caller? Is it first time hearer, second time looker? First first time talker. First time emailer, texter, tw- tweeter. First time first time LinkedIn. Are you on LinkedIn? Third time. I mean, yes, but no. Okay. <clears throat> Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I am Brian Irwin. <laughs> and I'm John Huck at LinkedIn.com. <laughs> Here's the thing about LinkedIn. So a buddy of mine, she was like, you have to be on LinkedIn. You have to be. So finally, I was like, uh, fine. Who? What buddy said you have he, to be? Some the, guy with a the, regular in the job? Business, yes. In the business world. He's a restaurateur. But my point is, and he's successful with what he does. But he was just saying to me, he's like, it's really good anyway. He goes, it's good for any business. So I was like, okay, that's fine. But really what LinkedIn has just turned into is I just get a lot of emails. Of people asking you to join that's LinkedIn. It. That's that's it's like it. they're all the same. It's a form email. The people that are like, I used to respond to every single one of those like, hey, sorry, guys, I don't do LinkedIn. I'm not on LinkedIn. Sorry, guys, I won't be on LinkedIn. And then I had to like go on LinkedIn for something at work a long time ago, oh. and I, so I, I put my name in and I signed up for an account, and then I was like, well, I don't want this, and I tried to cancel it, and every once in a while, people be like, stop asking me to join your LinkedIn account. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm not. I don't have a LinkedIn account, but it's, uh, it's a little chaotic. I'm proud of you. You have yet to question if the song is played the whole time. You really? Well, you, you know, you fade you it out. You. It grows on I'm, you. I'm, 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 I'm a little buzzed on coffee. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little amped up. Had a little egg sandwich. What are, what are you doing? You looking at oh my! I was oh, like, Brian, Brian no, no, no. talks to his watch. No, now, no, everybody. okay, okay. He's from the future. No, no, no. no. <laughs> hey, future man. No, no, no. I got to read this. <clears throat> so apparently, my 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 watch was listening to everything you said, and it went, bzz, bzz, and I was like, "Who's texting me about LinkedIn? Brian, and how do be- they know we're talking about LinkedIn?" <clears throat> and so I started using. It says here. Use handoff to search the web for, hey, sorry, guys, I don't like them. I got a LinkedIn. Sorry, guys, I won't go on your iPhone. I can help you search the web for, hi, sorry, guys, I don't like them. I got a LinkedIn. Sorry, guys, I won't go on your linked phone. And then the question is, what's handoff? That's on my That's list. because wow. of everything we said. It yes. made absolutely no sense. Your, your watch heard. First of all, how creepy is that that it hurt us and tried to know. help us search the why. internet? I don't know who I sent that to, but somebody right now is reading that going, what? What? You sent that to somebody? I don't, I don't know, but I can't. And they're like, hi, guys, LinkedIn, what? What? Handoff. <laughs> All right, enough. That's Technology Corner with Brian Irwin. Uh, let's bring in our guest and ask him if he's on LinkedIn. Let's bring him in. He's out in the waiting room. He's been waiting oh, out there oh, patiently. Oh, yes, here he comes. Oh, oh here he is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, J.R. Oh, Reed. Yes. 1930s sound. It was Hello. an actor, uh, improver, sketch guy. Yeah. Just all Ram, around. Ram, Rams fan? Uh, yes, newly minted Rams fan. I was at oh. Sears the other day, and all they did was take the hat that you have on and then stitch in Los Angeles on it. Yeah, yeah. they did. Of course. It's, and that's uh-huh. literally all they're doing right now is they're like, as quickly as they possibly could, is just stitch the words they LA acc- into anything. They yep. accidentally sent all those hats over to like third world countries and then had to go get them all back because they realized uh-huh. all they had to do was stitch an L and an A in to make them Rams again. <laughs> Are they seriously doing a St. Louis Rams flyover right now? In, 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 We're going to drop Africa? these. Nope, we got orders from the president. Turn back around. It just needs some white stitching. <laughs> LA. Right. LA, everybody. Are you? You, uh, do you like the logo? The new logo? The one or you have on... This so you is the old logo. A, they wait. changed it slightly. Colors, though, are more gold. Like The, the old, old logo was very yellow. Yeah. Yellow and, and lighter blue. And very light blue. Now yeah. it's kind of like, I guess, what a dark navy and gold, right? Right. Is she, right? So which one yeah. do you... 
What do you want when they come here? What where I want old school. I wish they'd just go classico seventies, eighties with the yeah. real ram, ram head on there, yeah. yeah. That was off to the side, little profile of the ram head. They actually went one way for ten years and then they turned the ram's head the other way for the other ten so years. So you just want it looking a different way. That's all you care yeah. about is which way it looks? I don't know. Are you from Los Angeles? No, I'm from Las Vegas, but ah, Rams so. were my proxy. Team. They were. Yeah, okay. I mean, Vegas didn't have any football. Yeah, we, yeah. that was the the. That's who they showed on the the stations in so Vegas. Th- that's interesting. That that. So, um, um, why a lot of people that I know that if there was not a football team, either they didn't follow football at all. Right. You know, depending on when it was. I mean, I and I guess growing up, football was big for you. Or like, what, what got you into football, especially having yeah. not any? Or it's because you had no professional sports by you. That right. you picked and choose your teams all yes. over the United States, well, or did you keep them all L.A.? I, no, I, uh, my situation was a little unique because my parents were divorced, and my dad lived in the Bay Area. Hold on, I gotta, uh, my, so, I gotta get my sad music. Hold on, I didn't realize you were gonna talk about divorce this early. Play the Hulk, no play the Incredible Hulk hitchhiker music. So okay, so your dad lived in, in the, the Bay, Bay Area. Area. So I became. Uh, I can't believe I'm confessing this. I was a Raiders fan for a period of time. But that was by geographical association. Really, you just fell in with some bad kids. So you what didn't happens? Know any if better? Both, so do you <laughs> want young. the Raiders here too? Then do you want no, the Raiders to no, show? Raiders no. go to Vegas. Raiders. That's where please. they belong. Yes, go over there. There would and... be so much corruption if the Raiders went to oh, Vegas. Man, okay, please. no. So here's the funny thing about this. And I know we're kind of all over the place, but um, I, one and of the big things about, about them you. not wanting a professional football in Vegas is because of the whole gambling thing, which is hilarious because of all the gambling that goes in. Every like, right. Right. like we're all surprised there's gambling in sports, yeah. and everyone's from out of town. Has anybody ever played DraftKings? Anyway, yeah. Um, but the, but I don't know if you guys know this or not, but where they're building the Ram Stadium, you know, there is a casino on that same area. Yeah, it's over by Hollywood that same Park. Piece of property. Yes, yes. Yeah. The Hollywood and it Park will casino. stay there. They're just moving it over uh-huh. so that they can put the stadium there. Right. That's why they so tore down Hollywood like, Park, I think. So. But there's a casino that will still yeah. be right next to the yeah. stadium. So it's like, who cares where it is anymore? Yeah. Anyway. So you yeah. want the Raiders in Los Angeles? Yeah, just I, to get back I, to that. No, I, I want the Raiders I in Vegas. I'm just trying to. See I want it. the Chargers to stay where they are. I was. I'm happy with the Rams. I think the Chargers coming are back. coming up here. Unfortunately, I know. I think they are. Unfortunately too. for San Diego, I mean, I, it's. I think yeah. the San Diego people that are loyal will just drive to the games. I mean, there's only right. what eight a year anyway, right? So yeah. it's like right, and it's an uh, hour and a half. Yeah, make the drive. Well. You can take the Actually, train. Actually, it's going to be about if, three, and they're, they're going to have to have trains because the traffic gonna take, is going to be take nightmarish. Take that train, man. They're going to have trains out there. It's going to be the, all... the party train, charger train, dude. <laughs> charger train, charging through. <laughs> all so, right, all right. Sorry. Yeah, anyway, football. so sorry. Well, we danced all over the place, but you. So, yes. oh, so okay. What about baseball? Did you? Base, did you I'm follow Dodgers. Baseball? Yeah, Dodgers. Okay. Oh, nice. Dodgers. I'm a Dodgers fan. So, yeah. so they're playing the Cubs right now. Spring training, everybody. Yes. Do your sports allegiances rely on who, you, which parent you love more? Is where you chose what city? <laughs> so if you hated you when you when you and your dad were in a fight, you no longer. Well, my any dad's a Forty ers fan, so and I did Whoa. not jump on board. Why? I went, That's I went weird. Raiders. You're, you're a, Why? Was this your teen years? What you're happened? A rebel. Yeah. No. Well, you know, my I, Jim Plunkett, Lester Hayes. You know, these were Lyle the good years. Zato. Exactly. The this good is years, when yeah. they before. The gangbangers jumped on board and said, this is our team. Um, they were just, you know, like the tough, you know, blue-collar team, and I loved them. And, yeah, and I kind of wanted the challenge with my dad. Yeah. So, you know, we could face off. He won yeah. pretty quick, unfortunately, for yeah. you. Yeah, Joe Montana showed up. <laughs> well, whoops-a-doozy. Followed by Steve Young. They had, like, Game the, over. a period of, like, just unstoppability in their quarterbacks. Yeah, they do. It was great. <laughs> um, 
What's born, it like growing up in Vegas, by the way? Um, Sorry. I was there during the, uh, what I always say to people is the Scorsese casino days. That movie epitomized what Vegas was like when I was there. Really? I was there in the early 70s into the mid-80s. I left there in 1986. It was still a town run by the mob. Um, and you knew this. You could, you could peg this stuff. Or you just, you just knew it. Or I could you see the guys? You're like, I'm going to go the other way. When you know, you knew who the guys were. They were there. They yes, you knew who the mobsters were. Maybe you heard of the Spilatros. That was Joe Pesci's character in Casino. Oh, him and his he brother Dom. I knew <clears throat> Tony Spilatro Jr. His son was wow. a classmate of mine. Did you want to know him though, or is it scared to know guys like? They that? were just a nice Italian family, and I went over to their house and. You know, spaghetti and meatballs. and But in retrospect, what I remember, there were a lot of shady characters coming in and out of the house yeah. while we were out in the like, backyard. You're like, my playing. parents don't have this many friends over all the time, in and exactly. out for no reason, giving each other envelopes <laughs> no. full of stuff. But forgive my ignorance. I'm just, I'm just curious, though. Like, um, you just... It, there wasn't like a fear of being around that environment in any Not way, shape, all. or form. It was totally hidden. Everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what, none oh, yeah. of it was outward at all. No, 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 no. So unless you chose to get into that situation, yes. for the most part, you would be left alone. Yeah, like it, you would. You wouldn't know. No. Yeah. Okay. Tony Spilatro, who was running the town, was the general manager of the, I believe, the Desert Inn. Okay. So you know, he had a real job. Yeah, that he didn't have to go town. to. <laughs> and you know, they were pulling money off the top and everything else. But nobody. It was not overt. Yeah, you didn't know that the mob was running the town it was just a casino town and it was only two hundred thousand people when i was there and now there's like two million i think Jesus. so I mean, you that knew, was back uh, when like frank sinatra was still playing shows oh, yeah. and did you you, okay so did you Liberace. actually go to that stuff i, I saw elvis and okay. oh shit, shit. at a matinee show oh, did at the oh wow he was fat and sweaty yeah and on dude. his way out looked like he had to take a dump um <laughs> i saw engelbert humperdinck i saw Jesus. wayne newton did you see sinatra uh, at all i did Are not those see guys? sinatra wow. sammy davis any, jr no. Dean Martin, those types of guys? i don't think those guys did matinees they were late nighters and the kids yeah. oh, the because, kids oh right 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 shows. okay you had to be like i you had to be yeah engelbert humperdinck did matinees um, the fact that Elvis was doing him there at the end—that's <laughs> oh crazy. yeah, Elvis was—he was—he was doing what he was could. Was he half checked? Do you remember it at all? Like as far, or did he still put on a show? He put on a show, but he was sweaty. It looked labored. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he hit the notes. Hey, hey, and, let me get a uh, chair. My back hurts. But, I remember there were a lot of background people that were kind of pulling some of the focus from him. Right uh, now, this is and pre- now a, a room full of dancers all got to sit down. <laughs> this is pre the scooter store. Otherwise, he would have probably came out on a scooter on a scooter. Oh, dude, right? yeah, Elvis. Oh. On a rascal, like love me <laughs> no. tender, love me true. There were stools about the stage. He was yeah. able. He to just goes one himself. one yes. to another, and it kind of looked like he was half standing because it was a stool, you know, right. a tall stool, bar stool. Uh, he managed to, to land. Yeah, that's probably, dude. Uh, you saw Elvis though. I mean, that's gotta yeah, be yeah, in, in your list of like. And I'm I'm, I'm assuming you uh, are a music fan, of course. Right. So. Uh, yeah, by the way, I, I by the like way if, if you ever yeah. run you know, into somebody who says something out loud like, I don't like music, you should run from those people because they're <laughs> bad fucking people. Is probably. there anybody that actually just hates music altogether? Have you ever met anyone that likes oh, no type of music? I hate fun and I hate music. I'm going to actually have to think about that now because I wonder what a life would be like if you were There are people that listen to only talk radio. No, no, what I'm saying, but yeah. never liked music. I understand listening to talk radio when you get like to a certain age and you just get angry, and talk radio fuels all of your hate and anger for the world. Yeah, but 
music not at all ever like that's just got to be a weird thing to me to not identify I'd say music God, yeah, I would have I would have offed myself many many years ago if I would somehow hated music like, I think Trump I, I think Trump hates music yeah you know what I would bet money that Trump <laughs> hates music yes you know why because he can't make a decision for himself so he can't decide <laughs> if he likes something he's like I had the best artists and musicians to come in and they played stuff and I was like I always get the best and then that's it. And they, then he just goes, this is the best. Like, what, what do you think the of his impression? What are you talking about? Is he going to get called in for some Trump auditions? Like Watch your like back, it. James Adoni, and I'm coming for you with my Trump. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Who else? So, okay, oh, wait, so, no. What my oh, point sorry, was okay. that I'll, on your list of all the bands that you've seen up to this point, I mean, it, it, is Elvis, Are you? do you not think like, man, I fucking saw Elvis. Yeah, I was really young, though. And Let's you didn't see, care? 76, I would have been your pa- nine your par- years old. Okay, yeah. Oh, wow, were your so, parents just like, go here, go stay there, go watch Elvis? Yeah, you know, we said that's go, when go they... Go stay here and watch Elvis, <laughs> they watch loved Elvis. Him. We're going to go to the casino. That's when they had the booths and the showrooms, and you had to have the two drink. You know, I had the Shirley Temple. And yeah. Was it a massive room or not necessarily? Are we talking about a couple hundred yeah, people, no, thousands? Yeah, this was at the Hilton. This, it was a, it, yeah, I would say... It was a large bathroom. No, Probably in the you know twelve hundred okay fifteen hundred. Oh, I was trying. It's been obviously so long since yeah. Elvis. He died. One, I don't remember. Seventy eight. Right? Oh, was it seventy eight? Yeah. I thought so, it was. And oh, I can't no, remember where he was right. in his career at that point. If he was the just, toilet, if, he was on the toilet. He was. But meaning that, like, where was he as far as a draw? Like, he's he was obviously an iconic name. Yeah. But was he a, a draw anymore? Was he kind of teetering on the Elvis parody uh, jokes? Definitely scenario? a Vegas draw because you know when there wasn't that much going on then, and so if you came to Vegas, you had to see. Yeah, to see Elvis. Elvis. Okay. Um, there wasn't like you know two hundred performances a night like there right. is. There's now. not a Cirque du Soleil. And you said you stayed there until '86. I was so, there in '80s. So yes. you were there so part the of the sumo, '80s. So who were the, the '80s? Shuffle drove you out of Vegas. They, I, I tell you, the one that I really wanted <laughs> to see and I couldn't because I was too young was Red Fox. Oh, had, you gotta uh, wash your ass. He had a nasty show that, yeah, like him and a couple women, and he just like worked them for an hour. Um, <laughs> but you said you couldn't see. It. Couldn't see it. I've always wanted no, to. No matinee for the kiddies with the uh, Red Fox hour. However, the one show I did see when I was like, because they let eight. Year olds come was nudes on ice, yeah, which was one of the longest running shows in Vegas. And when I say on ice, I mean a 10 by 10 square of ice. <laughs> what did they do? A spin? They came out, and you had the comedian do jokes on skates naked, you <laughs> had the magician come out and do stuff on skates, and then you had the two the man and the woman. The guy must have been like in his 70s. I remember he had the gray hair and he was really tall, and they just came out and spun. And then you had the women come out with the tassels on. That's why an 18 year old could do it because they weren't completely nude. They called oh, it nudes on ice, but they so were all those other those people weren't, weren't nude. So the dude wasn't yeah. wasn't swinging, swinging balls. No, okay. Oh, I, I thought, I thought like a naked comedian came out yeah. and then a naked magician. I was like, that's no. a lot of nudity on ice. No, this was back when they were. Yeah. Were you disappointed when it came out with yeah, tassels? I was like, what? They're wearing pasties? Yeah, what are they called? Is, pasties? Yeah. This is like when Hooters started. That's yeah. the same kind of time when, when kids were like, oh, we can go look at the topless waitress. And you get there, you're like, they're not topless. And, they just have shirts on. Right. And I got to be honest with you, as a stand up, I. I, I, I I even I as a child I'd have been like what what the fuck is this guy doing up here trying to tell be funny where's the where's where's the boobs show me yes. the boobs bring me breasts yep like uh-huh. the, the the stuff that you had to sit through yeah knowing full well why you were there yeah no the the girls with the tassels uh and pasties just came out between the acts. Ah, that's it. To, to keep you Basically. there. Yes. To keep you there. Yes, to keep you there. You're Ten. like, well, that magician sucked. This juggler's probably not going to be much. Whoop, we got boobs. Nudes yeah. on ice. That's Nudes on ice. amazing. The Union Plaza, <laughs> which I don't think is there anymore. It used to be next to the Golden Nugget. Oh, that's uh, downtown, huh? Downtown, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you, you do, do, so where did you live exactly? Where did you I live in the heart west. or out? Oh, no, okay. we, I okay. lived like 10 miles off the strip. We looked down on the strip. We were up yeah, by, where, if you knew, a Red Rock recreational area yeah. up there. Yeah. Uh, and what brought your family in that area? Uh, that's a very interesting the thing. The mafia. Uh, my, <laughs> uh, my dad graduated with a PhD from MIT. His first job was doing underground atom bomb detonations at the Nevada test site. That's what brought us to Las Vegas. So we would go, he would go at four in the morning and be, hey, at 6.45, there's going to be one, so you guys wake up. And we would wake up and feel the ground shake. Oh, I thought meant you got to see the... No, they were the underground ones. They were the ones they shot down 10 miles underground to see what they did. Yeah, yeah, a little fracking. Yeah, little early, <laughs> early fracking, early generation fracking. No problems out there. <laughs> yeah, we're all good. <laughs> so yeah, that's how we got to Vegas, and then my parents divorced, and I stayed with my mom and my three sisters in Vegas, uh, and grew up there until I left. I shot out of there after high school. Would you? Was it just like an itch? Like get me the? Fuck? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I got I, go. I had seen. We we lived in California. We lived in Los Angeles for a minute with one of my four stepfathers. Roll music. Um, <laughs> Damn it. I'm not ready for these but, things. You can't throw it, them out so quickly. Was it one that you called by his first name? Like, uh, oh, we, Steve. We had, we had Ron, we had Earl, and we had Dennis. No. Dennis. Dennis. Those, are those, all my ste- those are all stepdad names. They are, right? Ron, Ron Earl, <laughs> and Dennis. Fuck off, Dennis. Hey, Ron. Which one drank the most beer? Ron. Oh, no. Ron was the alcoholic. Ron drank the most beer. Earl always went through her purse and took money. (laughs) Fucking Dennis stole their cigs. Yeah. Yeah, good times. But I did live in California for a year. This is is right after. So right after you left Vegas, you went to... Well, this is we went back to Vegas. This was in second grade. I moved to oh, the San okay. Fernando Valley, lived in Mission Hills. Oh, nice. And uh, that's where I got my taste of showbiz because okay. we lived around all these people. Uh, one of the producers of Happy Days was one of our neighbors and <laughs> took me to a party. I have an autograph. Wait, took you to a party for what? For Happy Days. What the fuck, I have dude? Ron Howard, Henry Winkler, Anson Williams, and Donnie Most on an autograph postcard. You've Sit taken care on of it. Right? I have it. Dude, I've been watching Happy Days reruns like a champ lately. They're awesome. God, is that show good. That's the best. That is the most perfect uh, combination of eye rolls and overacting that has ever existed. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're so over the top. uh, No, they're not so over the top. They're over the top, but just enough under being over the top that it's not Uh like, it's still ridiculous. Like Aldo Vecchio is... Sorry, oh. we could do an hour. No, no, on happy no. Days. But, but happy you have days. to. We have to put this in perspective. It's very hard now the way television viewing is. Yeah. It, it will never be as massive as the, the amount of people that were watching. Because no. that's happy all that was days. On. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, those people were like mega times oh, yeah. ten stars. Like yeah. now, you could be like Modern Family and go. Yeah. Most people know who they are, but not everybody. Right. Yeah. These guys, like they, yeah. everybody. And the Fonz was every nine-year-old boy's dream. Dream. I had the jacket. Hero. Anybody get? The, I never got the jacket. I did try to make one did out of not. the jacket that was not the Fonz jacket. Yeah. I mean, I've always had those. Like, I like did a wear the only. t-shirts though. I oh, rolled like, up the sleeves yes. on the t-shirts yep. and I greased my hair. That yep. was my first part ever. Was in the grade school talent show being the Fonz, and we had to audition by doing the A. <laughs> oh, That's it. Front of the whole school. That's all you had to do is go up and do the A. <laughs> With the thumbs up, and I did it, and I nailed and then they were like, it. Um, it. We don't need to see anybody else, everyone else can go home. <laughs> that was it. JR, you've, you would you like this? Is only the first time you've been offered a part in the room, 
That's great, man. You are the Fonz. You thought that's all it took to get any part, so you did that same and thing for like everything every for like audition, 10 years? you're like, hey. Pretty much yeah. like, well, but that's not what Who's we need. the guy yeah, who just hey. does the Fonz? This hey. is a fucking Burger King ad. What are you doing? Hey. Hey. It's, it's kind of works oh my for God. me, though. So you, went, so you go to this part. Are you just completely, I, I don't want to focus on this too much, but are you? were you completely like awestruck? Oh, yeah. No, this. I mean, you, you know. watched Happy Days. I watched it. So you were like, wait, now I'm with It was like a barbecue kind of, you know, yeah. So it was a straight up house party. Been a rap party or some sort, oh, like okay. it was at a house. It was, and, yeah, very personable. Were, it was daytime, and you know, Donnie were... Mose had his shirt off. <laughs> Donnie Mose was getting dirty. a wicked sunburn. Oh, Ralph, <laughs> probably Mel. back then, yeah. I mean, that guy was so pale. Donnie Most. I can't think of his name without thinking of that Family Guy episode of him rising from the. Oh, <laughs> Donnie Most, and he would just kind of rise out of the earth. Like, <laughs> But, uh, hey, at least they had a career of some sort, right? Hey, some of these yeah. guys. I mean, look, Anson Williams. There was pictures of uh, Anson oh, Williams Potsy. in my. Uh, there was an ice cream uh, place down the street from my parents' house that we went to after baseball games as a kid. It was called Auntie Bibbs. <laughs> so we'd go. Like, you want to go to Auntie Bibbs? Like, yeah, we're going to Auntie Bibbs for ice cream. So we'd go there. But there were all these pictures because this uh, this girl Senta Moses. I don't know if you know her, but she's um, she was in. What we're supposed to know her? She's an actress. She, oh, oh, okay. she, uh, so like, why would we know anybody from Warrenville? No, Illinois? but that's it. She was she's the first famous person to come out of Warrenville. She was she came to Hollywood and she was in the movie DC Cab. Okay, with uh, nice. Mr. T and the that's Barbarian a cold, Brothers. That's a cold hit, yeah. Gary Busey or whatever. Yeah. So um, so there were pictures of her like on Donnie uh, on Anson Williams' lap. The guy who played Potsy Weber on Happy Days, just on his lap, and they're like on set and they're waving. You know, they're all like innocent. How old is she? She's she's really young at this point. Uh, like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. She's she's a little, I mean, maybe a year older than me. She was a kid me, so, actress. Yeah, she okay, was a child right. actress. And now she's she acts now. She's on uh she's on a couple of shows. She's still out here. <clears throat> yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I've talked to her on Facebook a couple of times, but <clears throat> but I'm just saying, I was like, man, that chick met Potsy Weber. Like I was like, that is how oh, the fuck you go out meet yeah. famous people like that's crazy yeah and then dc cab came out we're like holy shit she's in a movie like <laughs> <clears throat> we were blown away but anyway sorry happy days anson williams potsy weber diamonds shirtless yeah so that that's that's, that's where i got uh, my bite of being in the entertainment biz was that one two years in san fernando valley then my family moved back to vegas were you, were you just fucking pissed Wait, so this is second grade to fourth grade basically then right is what you said uh first to third first to third I okay think. yeah that sounds those are right. impressionable years yeah, they were. Did you have to keep any yeah. contact of a single friend during that time? I did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Some of my neighbors uh, that I was friends with the kids. Yeah, we we did summer stuff to you know. <laughs> and this is and, where where you're talking about. These are neighborhood neighborhoods. So there's probably some people that still live in those homes. Not not the kids that you grew up with, but their parents if they were young enough. Maybe probably still live yeah. there. There's certain neighborhoods that still stay intact. And if they are in LA, they're definitely out in the valley. Yeah, it's not valley. You're, most of this is going to yeah. be moving, moving, moving. You know. Yeah, I I actually drove by there not too long ago. I, I didn't recognize anything. Nothing. But uh, it's still there. The neighborhood's still there. The house I lived in still there. Devonshire, Mission Hills. Yeah. Do you still drive past the house where you met the Fonz? No, I don't even remember where that was. That was yeah. Driven. What if it Maybe was the Brady? Have one more party. It was the Brady Bunch <laughs> house. <laughs> we met the Fonz. Well, funny segue there, John, because <laughs> that talent show where I played the Fonz was where they shot the Brady Bunch talent no, show. No, but Robbie Rist, who the little kid Oliver with yeah, the glasses, yeah, he was in. He was like the celebrity that came to the talent show. Oh. Um, so I got to meet Robbie Rist from the Brady Bunch, Oliver. And let me and they, can I still on at this time? I can't remember where the Brady Bunch's run was, but it was, it was ended soon after Oliver got on the show. Yeah. So did were you? A fan of the show, and then you're like, "Fuck Oliver, this is ruining it." And then when you had to meet him, you'd be like, "Oh, hey man, yeah, you're cool." 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wasn't that discerning of a fan. <laughs> yeah, so I was just happy to meet anybody who. Was oh, that's right. At okay. that age, right, everything's oh. kind of you. Either you either yeah. like get the. So you actually, it's funny because my kids are one of them's in second grade and one of them's in fifth, and the fifth grader's finally kind of starting to identify with the business. The second grader, mm-hmm. for the most part, still not like totally dialed into like what fame and celebrity and all that kind of stuff is yet. But you were very hyper aware of it, it sounds like. Yeah, I guess so. Mostly because my neighbors, yeah, you know, the dad, the one, Chip Swanson, he was the music supervisor for Laverne and Shirley. Oh, course, my his name is God. Chip Swanson. Chip Swanson. That's Chip a great Swanson. name in the Valley. That's a great That's Valley a, name, hey, by First the way. of all, if he's not going to be a porn actor, he might as well be the music supervisor for uh-huh. Laverne and Shirley. He had yeah. a nice tan, I bet you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think he did. Yeah, yeah he, 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 tanned, did. he tanned even his wiener and stuff. He was like, yeah, <laughs> oh, his middle parts were tanned, You don't too. need to worry about that, but that's fine. I'm just saying he's just probably bronzed all over that. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Listening in the sun. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm not horny. <laughs> what the fuck? Boing. <laughs> That's the sound of me getting So you're two years. You two left years a great impression on you. You're yeah. gone. Yeah. You're bummed. You moved back to Vegas. And all you can think back is, how can I get onto Happy Days? Yeah. <laughs> Everything oh, right. that you loved yeah. ended up getting a cl- canceled on television. And Pretty then much. you... Okay, so you... <laughs> Yeah. You go back to Vegas, whatever, regular Vegas life. And by the way, yeah. I, I can't remember if I asked this before or not. During the time that you would hang out with these kids that had um, families had that had mm-hmm. um, mob ties. The Spilatros, Did yeah. you not know until after the oh, fact? Yeah. No, I learned. So you were completely blindsided by the, it. How I learned was when Tony Spilatro was found in an Iowa cornfield uh Beaten to death with a baseball bat, which they depict in the movie. Because yeah, you know, him you know, and his that, brother that went actually, out there. Yes, they took them on the flight because they were going to a mob meeting. But they stopped in Iowa and killed them, and they had to be identified by their dental records. That was a big story in the news. Okay. I was in college. Okay, at UCLA. You're like, wait, that why story did they came beat out? Mr. Like, Spilatro? Yeah, that's crazy. Tony Spilatro. But then it all came out. They, you know, it was he was running Vegas. Alleged crime boss who's been in charge. And you're exactly. like, were you and for a moment going, you got to be fucking kidding? Where yeah. was that moment where you're like, yeah, it's like, you guys, wait. you're trying to tell everybody, you guys, you have no idea. I like, had yeah. meatballs at his house. Yeah, no, his uh, <laughs> and there was an older son, and I can't remember his name. Probably Tony. Maybe it was Joey Spilatro, who I used to do speech and debate. He was a judge of speech and debate <laughs> so he was one of my judges like you know are any of these guys your facebook friends just no, out of curiosity i completely lost touch and i think i you know like i i don't know if i'd ever be interested in that by okay yeah they're like hey we're gonna have a quick meeting you want to be yeah. on this like yeah. good thing texting wasn't back then as you're like hey man is that your dad that got his head fucking beat in in the cornfield just asking that so i'm watching goodfellas and uh, casino are these based yeah. on your father uh, yeah so you went yeah. is it right out of high school you went straight to ucla uh, what was the deal i hopscotch to norcal where my dad was I was the smart financial kid, got my state residency, then went to UCLA, so I was in state. So how long did you have to stay up there to do that? Just a year. Okay, and what did you do during that time? Uh, Went to a junior college. Oh, you did? Okay. Foothill Junior College in the Bay Area. So you didn't uh, skip time and just work. You actually went straight to school. Yeah, I went straight to school. For what? Uh, theater. Okay. I, I studied, and then I went to UCLA theater. Uh, that's where I met Jack Black. Yeah, and how buddy. I got involved with the whole ten- tenacious D scenario. Okay, and your character is Lee, Lee the, the psychotic fan. fan. Yeah, yes, and, and um, it's been. I mean, that character has been around. Since, I mean, I guess 
Was it um, around before the show? It started on when they had their HBO show right. with Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. Right, who helped produced. get them on the air because oh, yeah. they were on Mr. Show yes. briefly. They produced and sort of directed at them and Tom Giannis. Tom um, Giannis, uh, have, if you Google that name, that guy has directed and been involved in yeah. so much insanely good comedy. Uh-huh. He's a comedy dude. Yeah. But Bob, I can thank Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk created Lee. He wow. created the character episode, and then they wrote the song, Lee. Which is fucking awesome, by the way. <laughs> um, and that's God. what uh, created me. And then they just started taking me on <laughs> You're tour. You created from a song. Dude, skinny <laughs> dipping in a sea of Lee is yes. a line. And that's, I mean, it is genius, I dude. propose on bended knee. Dude, it's a Lee. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, yeah. And so that was it. That was, that was the beginning. And, uh, then they just took me on tour a lot, and I wore a lot of costumes. and <laughs> Yeah, and had fun. I mean, obviously, that must have been. Oh, my God. Yes, I mean, you know, opening for Metallica <coughs> in Europe in front of 100,000 people and Jesus playing... The... And this is in college? No. This uh, is... No, this is after college. Okay, no, yeah. they... What, so uh... let's, let's just jump back for a sec. So <laughs> yes. in college... Well, you met Jack um, Black doing theater. Yeah, all right, so you guys yes. did... Th- so he... I, I didn't know this. So he obviously... He also <clears throat> went to school. They both went to school. They both went there. Okay, uh, so. And Kyle was there before. He was in the Tim Robbins generation. And that's important because we all came together in Tim Robbins' theater company, The Actors Gang, which still exists. They're down in uh, West LA, Culver City. Okay. He has a theater company called The Actors Gang. Um, they, we were in Hollywood for a, a long time, right there on El Centro and Santa Monica Boulevard. Uh, but we all there's two generations of UCLA people: Tim Robbins, which Kyle was, and then Jack and me. The difference was like just a little like before you, five years. Oh, five years. Yeah. So they're five years. Aside. Yeah, they're about okay. five years uh, ahead of us. And and Tim kind of used UCLA theater as a farm system for the got theater it. company. Okay. And so we all got in there, and Jack and Kyle. Uh, Kyle taught Jack how to play guitar. And Did they, okay. didn't they not kind of like get along at first? It was no, they didn't. Yeah, yeah. they were. It didn't didn't when really meet, happen. But when you meet someone. Someone who's like almost too much like you. Is it possible that they're like right, a little com- little competitive? Fuck this dude. Well, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Kyle is threatened by Jack coming in and starting to steal all the roles. Yeah, <laughs> the younger guy, right? That's yeah. a part yes. of it too, right? It's like, oh, right. here comes the you new young whippersnapper. Yeah. It's no different than a stand-up, right? But then they started playing music together, and you know, and they're doing the whole that whole comedy scene that was happening at the old Largo. Yeah. Um, they just you know, which Sarah Silverman and um. Uh, Bob and Dave, and uh, trying to think who else. Um, everybody who was anybody was in yeah. that comedy. And this is when? I mean, ish. Jay Johnstone, is, Brian yeah. Posehn. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell was, that's when he did the, you know, the unitard thing that he was doing for a while with like him and a ball in a unitard. And, <laughs> um, it was, it started first there at Largo, and then it kind of came over to Pedro's and Los Feliz, which is now. Uh, the public house. Oh wow! Okay. That was a big scene. It was like every Monday or Tuesday night. Uh, Janine Garofalo. Yeah. Uh, all those, all those cats from that. This we're talking nineties, like early nineties. Really nice. You're talking. Oh, really? Because I, mean, like, I feel forget, like... that's like probably. And, and I'm, I mean, no slams against anything past that. But you're think of all the names you just put into the into that mix. Oh yeah. You, you don't really hear about that. Anymore, I don't. I mean, yeah. since I've been out here, I've been out here sixteen years, and I'm trying to think like, where is that group? Yeah, it might not like be that. a group, but you Spre- can but say. I'm saying, but that's one. It's <clears throat> that spreads. Yeah, you know, two oh, decades yeah. worth of Laura like, Keitlinger yeah. oh, God, and I Louis, Louis C.K. was kind of squeaking around the fringes at that point because he and Laura were kind of writing stuff together and. 
Yeah. Especially um, who's doing all those very bizarre black and white movies that everyone was right? expecting to be like these really ha ha funnies, and everyone was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Which also laid groundwork for his show when yeah, they when absolutely. they go into those weird serious episodes. Yep. It and that's what I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I just think FX as a channel is is a little bit. Uh, uh, on the smart side for letting giving people like that creative control. Um, all right. Well, anyway, yeah. so yeah, so this is the 90s. So so when you were in college, though, um, did you, because I've never really understood the, uh, because I'm not from here, um, when you go to school at UCLA, are you also on the side, not just learning at the school, but are you also trying to get an agent, still trying to get uh, acting gigs, or do you, or you say, you know what, I'm going to try to be a student first, and then when I get out, that's apply, what's going to make me apply a Apply my knowledge yeah. to There my was both groups of those people. I was the stay-in-school guy, do all the theater that's in school, but then there were those people that were doing stuff out and about. Yeah, uh, Evan Arnold, who was a regular on like Full House or something, was going to school there and also doing that. Yeah, there were people that had... So it's not a good or bad both. thing. It's just a matter of just what, different. what you were all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of... Did you, you, took, ever, you took school very, pretty serious. Yeah, I did. No, and I did all the you know the plays at school and and stuff. And and Jack, that's when Jack and I first worked together. I wrote a play called World of Wrestling. There was a <laughs> just a big giant kind of spoof on wrestling. And Jack was one of the was he the referee or the announcer? One of those guys. Uh, we ended up doing the play later at the Actors Gang um, with John Favreau was wow. my main. I directed it at the Actors Gang. John Favreau before. A great story about that is he came to me one day and was he was my, my main wrestler guy. He's like, dude, can I? I need the I need this night off because I'm I wrote this screenplay and we're having a reading. I was like, swingers, swingers, it's freaking swingers. And I was like, I gave him shit. I was like, dude, <laughs> you're fucking <laughs> screenplay off. Sounds can you, stupid as can you, fuck. Can you like? I don't know, but I need you at rehearsal. Like, and, and the other thing, I had a real. Uh, Another guy that was playing oh. the other wrestler who like really wrestled in high school and he was beating the shit out of John Favreau. And Favreau kept coming to me and going, dude, will you give Kirk the note to like take it easy? I was like, I will. I absolutely will. I never gave him the note. And John Favreau hates to this day when I see him, he acts like he doesn't know me. I'm like, oh my Favreau, God. That's world fucking... of wrestling, bro. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I need Come a on. night off. God, I need you at rehearsal. Your night off. What your stupid screenplay about fucking idiots running around Los Angeles? Angeles. Nobody wants to hear that crap. That's really funny, man. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's that's the weird thing about this business. Some of it, it's like that, where like you don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. But where, like, with were there were there guys that you or, or even or even women that you were working with, even People. like we, we have the same thing, women, men. Um, where you look at it and go, oh, I, 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 they're going to shoot one, up. Whoop, yeah, I, I know it's going to take off. And was there just for you from your own personal opinion? Absolutely, thank you. Uh, absolutely. Um, and gosh, I'm forgetting her name now. But I had this, Meryl Streep, had, <laughs> <laughs> and her name was Meredith Baxter Burney. Unfortunately, <laughs> start the music again. <laughs> She's oh, now fuck. dead. Oh, oh come on, God. man! Is what it, kind uh, of show is this? Is it Nell Carter? No. What? It was okay. it was the girl. Oh god. I'm th- I'm the word. I'm like the total Not the one not that the got pol- killed by the stalker. Memory guy. No. Not the poltergeist no, girl. Um the blonde that was on the uh Brittany Murphy. Uh, yes, thank oh. you. Oh. No, not Brittany Murphy. No, no, she no, no. She is no. dead. She, well, yeah, we're just trying to pull John's just trying yeah, to pull just, anybody that How long ago did she die? This will help us help you. She, uh, uh, I don't know. Let me ask my eight watch. To ten years ago, uh, she was on that sitcom with um, 
what Demi Ashton Kutcher? What was the sitcom Wait, he somebody, was on? I don't know. Two and a oh, half men? No, that 70s show. That 70s show. There oh, was somebody blonde. Yeah. Yes, the sister. The yes. sister. Er, yeah, Wait, she she's played, dead? She played oh, Eric. Yeah, she, yeah, she played in oh, she rehab. Yeah. Overdosed oh, in rehab. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she yeah, yeah, had, yeah, yeah. She got I'm, heavily I'm involved. I'm so sorry I'm forgetting her name in her own. But anyway, so you went to school with her? No, I directed her in a play okay, at, at the, the Actors Gang before anything was happening, and she was you could tell hot. Funny, you know, I was like, ah, okay, you're hot and funny. You're, that's you a great, that's a great combo. And then soon, no, we did, we didn't. We actually ended up like butting heads really hard because oh. she was, she kind of turned on me from an directorial standpoint. <laughs> Sounds like you had rubbed her. a lot of people the wrong way <laughs> and you, rubbed him into success. Yeah, you rubbed him the right John way. John Favreau, her, <laughs> Vince Vilaf. I don't know if that name rings a bell. He was an American in London that remake he said, and he was on ER. Uh, some guy is one of the main voices on The Simpsons. Carl uh, Whedon got. Uh, so you're kind of like that uh, that uh, gymnastics coach from Russia. You really push them. <laughs> I make you What's do comedy. You be funny, uh, or I break legs. Yeah, you, and you push them to become yeah, successful. Either that or Kato Kalin. I just happened to be, kind of be around everything that was happening and on the fringe. Uh, yeah, Kato. Uh, Kato came back into the scene a little bit ago. He was doing stand up for a while. Was well, he really? Well, he was. Yeah. He was oh, on stage for a while. He was yeah, told the was, microphone. He was uh, he was so funny. He was like he would see me and be like, he, and he really I think he really liked my comedy. And he would be like, hey man, that was really great. I'm like, oh thanks. And then he was hosting a show one day, and I was like, oh you're hosting, that's cool. He's like, yeah dude, I'll bring you up. And he's like, this next guy, I mean I love him, man. We are such good friends, guys. Here we go. John Buck, everybody. John, John Buck. <laughs> and I enough. and I was I just went up there. I was like, yeah man, you we are tight. tight. We are butthole tights, yeah, guys. Oh yeah, this uh, is, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I'm guessing that was probably over at uh, Swinehart's uh, room. Actually, or? that was uh, no, but he did start hosting at at three clubs after that. Yeah. But that was at. Um, um, that was at a show run by Ramsey Moore, who has also passed away. Um, guys, at, guys, at let's, 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 let's try to stay positive here on the, well, on the living dude, for, I'm, for I'm, the rest I'm of the show. I'm being positive. I, lo- I loved Ramsey. Let's talk <laughs> dead people in Hollywood hour. Oh, God, yeah. Sorry. All oh. right. Good times. No, but yeah. So uh, yeah. So anyway, so here you are. You're doing your thing, and then you get into the actors' gang. So this is at the yeah. same time you, as UCLA, uh, or uh, after UCLA, uh, then you move to well, that. Uh, real yeah, quick, though, yeah, that was it. Uh, were you sexed in, or did you get jumped into the actors' gang? Um, jumped. Okay, wait. Cool. More than sex. When you join a, a gang, you can either be sexed in or jumped yeah. in. Yeah, it was definitely jump. So you got a beatdown. That's good. Yeah, it was a beatdown actually, because everybody hates you when you get into that group. Like all the guys that already are established, and yeah, they give you all the shit to the young guy. Hence the the Kyle Gath Jack Black story we were referencing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I remember being kind of hazed with like you know, and you had to play the shitty little parts, and you know. But here's the deal. This is not. I mean, I, I guess. So you go into this the actors gang. It, mm-hmm. This isn't thousands of people, or for that matter, hundreds of people. So how did no. how did you get in? Like twenty five. So how do you get into that wow. select Tim, Tim Robbins? You have, you have to, to be asked. You have to have be asked by Tim Robbins to come to a workshop okay. where you have to kind of work out with everybody because they do this whole comedia improv thing where they they used to develop their shows that way and now they just do it as like a weekly exercise. But they do this guided improv. With comedia work, a lot of masks. They have the four states. You can only be happy, sad, angry, or afraid at any time when you're on stage. Uh, one person at a time is talking on stage. Everybody else is looking at that person. And then they pass the food, they call it. So if I'm talking, I would look at John. He would take the food and he would begin talking. And it's like this tennis match on stage of improv. And then you have a guy, Tim Robbins in this case, who's guiding you and barking at you and 
telling you to get off stage and come back in later and so it's kind of this oh, abusive oh, actor dude. improv it's like it's abusive like a, improv it sounds like a <laughs> sketch about an acting class do you yeah, know what I mean like, it it's like if you were watching as an outside you'd be like is this mad TV it what am I looking and, at and, and, and this is comedic based for the most part because it's everybody you're yeah. talking about mm-hmm. is all so this wasn't like or, but it, but then you're describing like some pretty hardcore like thespian stuff yeah, as and, well. Yeah, and there's some very notable notables that went through there. John Cusack, um, uh, Lee Ehrenberg, who's now on that. Uh, he was one of the pirate Johnny Depp sidekicks in the Pirate of the Caribbean movie, and he's now on Once Upon a Time on ABC. Ned Bellamy who works all the time. Um, What's his name from Entourage? Jeremy Piven. Oh wow! Went through there, uh, and then like Steve Pink, the director of Hot Tub Time Machine, and he's doing a bunch of stuff. These are all people that have went through the actors' gone game. Gone through there. Yeah, so it, it kind of produced some some talented sorts. What was your relationship with uh, Tim Robbins? He's a pretty p- political guy, right? The pretty hard. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, is it one of those ones you where you both... can only get so close? Yeah. He, he's Tim's great. Tim's like the greatest hang like at a party and like. The worst guy to work with. Okay, this so, okay. He like has the two faces. Okay. Like he's a great hang. Like when you're not being taught by him, you know. Yeah, awesome. Okay, yeah. like smoking a J with him and Morgan Freeman at a <laughs> barbecue. Uh, Sweet, is, is okay. fun. And then you get on stage, and he's like, "Get off stage! Get out of here! <laughs> you suck!" Yeah. What and, a joint, uh, joint tip! Stop it! <laughs> Damn. Remember we got high on Sunday. Remember Later. that? So yeah. more, so obviously you've hung out with Morgan Freeman now that you've said that. Yeah, is that a little yeah. bit? Was this Morgan Freeman at the peak of Morgan Freemanism, or was this more uh, Morgan Freeman? Oh, um, All you need to know is, is it is it because it's got to be yes or this was like, this was like fifteen wait, years what? ago, post Shawshank or before Shawshank? Well, oh, oh wow! Right, oh wait, that's right. Right, those right two around been, Shawshank. Yeah. It must that have been. His peak. I just realized that met each other. Yeah. So it must have been just after Shawshank. Wow, you're hanging out um, with two guys that were in one of the yeah. greatest fucking movies. And well. Robin Williams was at that barbecue. Jesus, Tim Robin Williams. Um, <laughs> well, that because they did Cadillac Man together, right? Wow, right. For and once, I actually remember fucking six something degree. And was Kevin show. Bacon there? Because then we got a fuck not, yet. not not yeah, yet. One that's coming up in one of his other stories soon. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. No bacon. Well, the reason why I bring up the Morgan Freeman thing is at some point. When you meet somebody like that, everything they say out of their mouth is basically a narration yeah. because they've just become a narration. Well, right? like that's... Jr. wants another beer. He was a cool cat. I remember he had a, a younger Asian girlfriend at the time, <laughs> and uh, he was just yeah, he was just cool. He was just cool. Oh, and he's like in his seventies now, right? So it wasn't it wasn't just he wasn't a young dude at this time, no. right? He was he's probably, probably his fifties, mid fifties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Already accomplished in his own right at that point, oh, yeah. anyway. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like if he never did anything yeah. besides Shawshank, people go, wow, he's a great actor. Whatever happened to that guy? You know what I mean? I know. Yeah. And now he's the voice you, you can have tell you directions all around the world. Yeah. I watched him get uh, checked for an ID. I was walking to the HBO building over on uh, in Century City, and <laughs> this guy was like, this is, you know, couple years after 9-11 so security was still a little bit tight or whatever and this guy's like yeah, i need to see an id he's like yeah i don't have it he's like well how can i let you in he goes i'm morgan freeman <laughs> you actually heard him say I'm, that i'm walking right by the car and he goes are you kidding me you i'm should've... morgan freeman that was your opportunity to back oh, him up man. to be like yes that is i've like, done I've, I've done that for you james should've... loney i had a there's a guy yelling at james loney coming out of dodger stadium and he goes i just played in the game i just want to go that way i go bro that's the first baseman that's james loney and he goes thanks and then so i was wearing a cubs hat and was like ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I should have stopped and gone. Hey, dude, that is Morgan Freeman. I can I can vouch for that. I, I, it's pretty much you could you had your chance to quickly do a scene from Shawshank Redemption with him. I'm t- 
Tim Robbins, and you're that guy, <laughs> yeah. the other guy. I'll pretend to get butt fucked. So, <laughs> you got some stuff going on in this show today, buddy. Nice. Um, so you know, it, you're talking a lot about directing. Yes, that's a lot of what you did. So uh, yeah, so I did a lot what, of directing. How, let's talk about the arc of your career from. UCLA to the Actors Gang to uh-huh. after the Actors Gang. So what was going on in your head? What were you trying to accomplish? And what uh, of it did you get out of it all? Yeah, I did. You know, I, I wrote a bunch of plays, directed a bunch of plays, and acted in a bunch of crap. And um, I was just having fun in my 20s doing okay. theater. You know, and I, I wasn't even thinking about Hollywood, really. I was just because I was in this great theater company. And So where was freaking, the money coming from for you? Uh, I was a handyman. And I, I was the, I went to the Harrison Ford School of <laughs> making making some bucks. Okay, uh, I was kind of handyman. I, I had a, a celebrity clientele handyman. I, Renee Zellweger, Michael Penn. Wow, um, these are the people you slept with. The, <laughs> these are the people. Or I, when you say handyman, you mean giving hand yeah. jobs all over town, right? <laughs> I was a handyman. Listen, if, they, if they paid my hourly rate, <laughs> then fuck it. You know. Uh, by thing. the way, for those of you who are under the age of twenty five, Michael Penn. <laughs> Actually, did have a career. You may not know. If we Google him, he actually had a very, very successful Related career. Related to Sean Penn. Yeah, it's his brother, right? It would be his brother. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sean yes. But successful in his own right for very yes. for back in the 90s. Amy Manns. Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they're married, but they are together. Together. Still, I guess. Yeah. Yes, I used to do do their house. Wow. Uh, and I did a bunch of old Olivia de Havilland. Remember from oh, yeah. Gone with the Wind? Oh, yeah. Whoa. And his sisters. I was her handyman. I believe she just uh, passed recently. Yeah. Speaking of people dying, so congrats he on that. Made her coffin. Yeah, Another, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna start calling this episode "Touched by an Angel" because you've been around <laughs> yeah. a lot of people <laughs> that. Uh, Jerry Reed, Murderer of the Stars. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are now regretting having me sit within two yeah, feet. Of yeah, me. like, hey guys, Brian's dead. Everybody, uh, we're not sure, but we think it was the Jerry. No, 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 no. They have to have talent. Oh right, we have to be. Uh, that's, that's we have to thing. be skyrocketing towards something. You have to remember, yeah. That's not the sun. Bam. <clears throat> yeah, so I was doing a lot of acting and just in theater, and so I did the handyman thing to support myself, which you know was just um, table to mouth, whatever the, that expression is. Yeah, uh, was not. I was barely making any money, and then I started touring with Tenacious D, and they were giving me some ducats, of a very small variety, uh, and then I got married. And that, but wait, the Tenacious D started. Well, thanks for coming. Um, it's, it's, this is usually where the stories don't get that exciting. So it sounds like you've pretty much. Boom. So life ended there. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. goodbye. Yeah. Unless the Fonz uh, was the uh, was the person oh. that did your wedding, then we don't really have anything to talk about. It. Oh. Well, but right, so you started. Well, you started touring with the Tenacious D, but you started. I'm assuming they started locally doing open mics and kind of like. And doing the stage oh, thing. Oh yeah, I mean they were they were that whole comedy scene. They started headlining all those comedy shows because nobody wanted to follow them. That's yeah. Um, it would be I think, and not because I'd be afraid. It's just because no, it's just the power of the, the po- performance. Yeah, the music. Yeah. Everyone would be like, "What are you yeah. doing now? You're and trying now to I'm tell a do fart joke? What up? the yeah. fuck is this? Yeah. But what if they looked at you and you had to take the food? You had to follow them. <laughs> you had the no food. choice. You were trained. Take the food. Take right. The it's food. called take the food. Tim Robbins yeah. shows up out of nowhere. Get you suck. Get out of here. No, wait, what? This isn't your stage. Um, Okay, so it starts at like you're doing the large, and then, but did they bring your character in for stuff like that? Yeah, well, I was, my first character with them was Cheap Ass Spider Man, (laughs) which was, I was in this homemade Spider Man outfit, and they would start playing the old TV Spider Man theme, and I would show up from somewhere in the venue. And I'd come out and I would battle. At first it was them. And then we started having different battles. And I battled Sasquatch, who John C. Riley played Sasquatch. 
Uh, and then we started getting into politics, political, like Bush. I would battle Bush and I would end up, you know, spider coming in his face um, on stage. And so it, then it just became like, who can Spider-Man now Come on. rape on stage? <laughs> And spew his, you know, spray confetti all over their face. <laughs> or the string derriere. stuff or whatever? Yeah. So, okay, let's stop there for a second, because this is yeah. this is actually really important when it comes to comedy. <laughs> Please tell me that when you guys are talking about this and coming up, you guys are fucking dying laughing, because it's so ridiculous, right? Like, oh, my I mean, God. There is yes. no box. There literally, it, so, it sounds to me when no. you're talking about this stuff, there is absolutely no box where so everything goes, right? So exactly. When somebody comes up and says, "All right, you're going to be Spider Man, and you're going to Spider come," and well, you're yeah, gonna, what's the gross you thing? You got to be losing him, your like, shit. I mean, right, how yeah. could you not? Yeah. This isn't just. Well, it did start organically. We didn't talk about it. It just happened on stage, and then we started talking about it. Okay, right. so there was actually a, a, a rule too of like, "All right, go out there, and whatever happens, happens. We're going to roll yeah. with this kind of thing." Yeah, okay. I was just going to work the room. I was just going to jump around, and I had the silly spray, and I, you know, shot Jack and Kyle at first. But then, you know, Sasquatch showed up, and of course I had to... When you say Sasquatch showed up... They well they wrote a Sasquatch song. Yeah, they okay, a Sasquatch, meaning, a song he didn't, John C. Riley didn't all of a sudden go. You know, hey, I got this Sasquatch he outfit. Just walked on. He happened to be there that night with a Sasquatch. Walking outfit. by outside, I was going to a Sasquatch audition. Do you guys want to be uh, have a show? He, but it, he did kind of just show up, and I, he he if he heard this, he would kill me for outing him as who it was because he always like he wouldn't stick around after the show. Like he left. He he, he didn't want anyone to, be, to know. He didn't want anyone to know. It was obvious. <laughs> Especially after his, but that's kind of rising. part of the fun of it, but though, he right? He was having right. fun yeah, with it. Yeah. Um, but it's mentioning the preparation. Sasquatch started getting in on the raping people on stage, but Sasquatch would shit on people's <laughs> faces, and okay. he had a whole rig that he built oh with a, a two-liter Arrowhead bottle and mashed potato mix and chocolate syrup, and we got into the discussion of like what would be the best consistency. What, what would look the most like yes, shit. Most like shit, and be able to do the Dairy Queen swirl upon someone's face. Oh my God. So we got into some detailed talks about how and how he had it strapped on him so that it, he could still move around. And yeah, we got in. And of course, I was a handyman, so I was helping you, yeah. <laughs> I got, I'll get my tools. We'll fix this right up. Listen, man, we're going to well, wrap Well, I kind of did something similar over at uh, Renee Zellweger's place. Uh, it was actually for um, a mashed potato squirter, but um, I think we can do Plug. it here on your butt. We can make it come out of your butthole. We yeah. can make it work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, so breaking news, guys. John C. Riley was Sasquatch. <laughs> I mean. Uh-oh. But here's the funny thing. So it's like. Busted. It's so ridiculous. You're having a great time. But it's working and it's turning into a career. You know what I mean? That's the that's the best part of it all. Is yeah, like yeah. it's so ridiculous. Yeah, and you get to just do whatever the fuck you want, and it's accomplishing something. It's not just a bunch of shit you did in high school and it went away. Right, it actually right. is building and turning into something. Yeah. And are you guys also going? This is kind of ridiculous that this is building and turning into something. Or were you so caught up in the moment that that never really phased? Um, what was no, going on? There, there were some definitely some leap moments where you were like, whoa, you know, like when they played their first out of town gig in like Chicago and like 2,500 people showed up, you know, and it was like, whoa. And this is kind of before Jack had busted out as an actor. Yeah. It was just people were catching on to the Tenacious D thing. Um, yeah, that was, it was like, whoa, you know, and then they started touring all over the place and it was just like, what? It's, this is catching on like wildfire. This is wild. Um, yeah, 
it was it was one of those moments of just like what how is this happening what is going on we're just being goofballs yeah like, i was going to say it probably felt so yeah. uh local and so inside to you yeah. that we're like oh yeah this is fun for us cuz we think it's funny and we're all friends we're having a good time yeah oh my gosh other people enjoy this and now you're like oh shit other people really enjoy this like yeah. i feel like i caught i mean i know this wasn't the beginning cuz eventually uh you Kyle Gass started his own band Trainwreck, yes, which I was the lead singer, and you were the lead singer of. So, yeah. but I saw Check. Trainwreck and Tenacious D at the Derby, yeah, for like no shit. Rest, I paid, rest in peace in a different way, uh-huh. in a totally different way. I paid like two bucks to get into that show. I was a PA on the Jamie Kennedy Experiment. My buddy and I, Ryan Brown, were working uh, on a on a shoot, and I get I get like a phone call, like, "Hey man, I just heard that uh, Tenacious D and Trainwreck are playing." The Derby tonight at seven. It's like a two dollar cover. I go what? So I hang up and I go. We got to go to the Derby as soon as possible. And I explain what's going on. And this my boss over here is, and she goes, "Okay, get out of here." And totally let us go early. And we were fucking like in there. And that was that was before I realized I had already met you. I didn't realize who you were on stage. Oh, so you pulled a right? me on him. What uh, I did to you, you did to Oh, him. yeah, kind of. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, I didn't yeah. really I have to do it. I mean, I put it all together on my own, but it was like, I just didn't, I didn't know who did it was. Did you do it with pencil and like paper? And like, you were like, well, wait a minute, I saw him here. No. And you drew lines? And are you referring to the HBO Comedy Festival? I am. Yeah. It's where we first met. Yes. Because my ex-stoner mind is a little blurry. My current things, stoner that, mind is very blurry. But, but, yeah. but that was where we first met was yeah, yeah, the HBO you, Comedy you, Festival. And when, when was that for you? When... I was you after know, where college. Where was the stage? What what stage oh, was yeah, he in? That was, and I was with this comedy group called Another Showcase Showdown. Ass, yeah. And we were playing. We got a spot. Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly. Amy yeah. Claire. Yep. Amy Claire, who I dated for a little while. Who yeah. We, who Ditto. I, it took me a little. It took, it took, <laughs> okay. We have a lot in common. Um, I didn't date Amy. I, I, went, we, I was already married but that, at the time. When I ran into her in L.A., I was like, "How do I know this girl?" And then I was like, "She's like, yeah, you picked this up." And I was like, "Oh, you were with." And that's how I remembered all you guys. Uh-huh. Um, but how, so Aspen, you were up there for just a couple of weeks, a week? You a were, week. Just yeah. a week we did that. Yeah, we just did the festival. And uh, yeah. And do you remember how like, I came, me and my buddy, the same kid, Ryan Brown, came to pick you guys up. You were staying at a house outside of town. And the driveway yep. was so icy that I was like, look, it took us like 45 minutes to get up here. Let's wait it out for a little bit. And you guys were like, okay do you want any beers and like i was like yeah and then we just stood there and had beers in the kitchen and then i drove you all back into town <laughs> that sounds about right for john at yeah that point. at that point was that was par for the course but, <laughs> but so then yeah so then that equaled nothing essentially right you guys did that and then that was it or that was it no uh yeah i remember we got some bites uh to put a show together like a tv show and the guy who ran, I, I mentioned his name earlier, so I'm not going to do it again, just destroyed the deal, and that was it. He's still doing some comedy shows around town and stuff. Yeah. But um, uh, who's the Norman Lear? Norman Lear took a liking to us. He oh, was there. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. Yes. That. And he, yeah. like, he like championed us and came back to Hollywood and got us some meetings, got us, got the leader of our group some meetings, and uh, he asked for the sky, and yeah. then people were like, uh, no, dude. Yeah, some people uh, don't know how to get out of their own way. Sometimes, <laughs> do they? And uh, just destroy, you know, destroyed the deal because we, yeah, we had some bites from that. Was, but uh, yeah, I, I soon thereafter, I wasn't. I did that comedy group for a little while. But Mark Kelly is a good friend of mine. I see him. Yeah, all the time. I see him at a lot of auditions, and he um, works uh, pretty frequently. Yeah, but this is from. all pre everything else that has that we're talking about. That is going happened. on. I was going to say, yeah. So you had a lot of different things drove, going on. Yeah. When I but yeah. that that song Lee was already out right because oh, yeah. when I drove. 
the truck out to Aspen. <laughs> you actually listened to the Lee song. I, I had no, I had the CD, and I was like, "You got." And my buddy Ryan was like, "Dude, I, I don't want to hear this Kilbasa song anymore." And I was like, "You got to listen to the rest of the fucking album, dude." And I literally played it for thirteen hours as we just drove and partied and got to Aspen as, like nice. a day early. And and by then, but like. Like we, I, I had no idea that you were Lee at that point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That wasn't like you didn't a, wear the shirt. I wasn't wearing the shirt. Oh, dude, but I'm, I'm Lee. <laughs> Guys, just I, I probably there. should have. Probably could have gotten me some more mileage <laughs> <laughs> with the ladies. So, um, when 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 things start taking off, um, do do you ever does it ever get to that point where like when the industry starts expressing too much interest in what you're doing, does do you find that the creativity gets um? It gets clamped down a little bit because there's a focus now, or did it always kind of be like whatever fucking goes goes kind of thing? Yeah, in the world that you were, I don't think I've ever taken off. Quite frankly, I think I've always been kind of on the fringe. uh, Because now I'm a huge star in commercials. Hey, Um, but pays the rent. I was gonna say, say, Um, a lot lot of it was shit on. No, but you know what I'm saying. But you were around all this stuff. Yeah, I was, and, and and you're you're giving you're being given all these freedoms. Did you ever see any of those freedoms? Like, all right, we gotta we gotta we gotta hone it in because of this or that or anything like that. Or no, it was always like, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's always something new. Yeah, no, it was kind of no holds barred attitude. Like, yeah, just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And uh, I feel like that's pretty much been my career to this point and still is just kind of working the angles um i've often wondered only because only because when you said like you notice like 2500 people are showing up yeah all of a sudden you go shit this is like for real uh gotta be careful like gotta make sure everything you know we knock it out of the park like sometimes that can yeah box you back up because you weren't expecting that you were so used to doing whatever something else you know what i mean yeah i think i always kind of had free reign because i was you know that sort of third wheel character guy that i was able and they kind of let me do my thing no they were pretty cool about that they never really when it started getting serious because it it really got serious when they made an album with the dust brothers that tenacious d it was like whoa this is like real music producers and it's (laughs) it's great and paul's boutique man and now they're doing tenacious d that was kind of a moment of like this is this is serious man this these guys are got it and then you know and they got a manager they nirvana's manager became tenacious d's manager Um, at what point does success do you start seeing a separation? Like you were talking about being the fringe guy, where you all of a sudden go, "I'm not riding this. I'm not on the train anymore." And, um, and, how, and how does that affect you? Well, uh, it affected. I mean, it was it was a good ride for a while. And um, as John mentioned, I started a band with Kyle Trainwreck, which is what we did when Jack was making movies. Okay. Kyle and I would take train wreck on the road, and okay. we did, and we did the whole United States like three times over in a van or a Winnebago. Uh, but it was the polar opposites. Tenacious D, we were at Four Seasons Hotels. Trainwreck, we were in Motel Sixes, lugging our own gear. I was selling merch after the shows. We're pay- playing in front of you know two to three hundred people in a bar, right? Um, but Kyle loved it because it was the one time he could like touch with fans because it wasn't happening in the Tenacious D thing because they had gotten so big. They're right. you know they played Madison Square Garden for cry eye. You know? Yeah, that was insane. Um, but yeah, no, it was all it was all good and gravy. And then the implosion. Uh oh. We should have a whole other. Ep- we should- I, I was like, <laughs> you should probably bring me back. I was like, I was like the implosion. This For sounds, that this you is like the behind the music when and then the alcohol became too much. <laughs> 
there's there's some truth in that statement. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's a whole. It's I don't know. We should even get into that. It's a whole other story. But I had a falling out with those guys. Okay. Oh, um, I had no idea. And yeah, so yeah, where yeah. where are we like uh, time wise? Like is this, this is, is like this... four four years ago. Four, oh, okay, five so years not, ago? okay. So it's it's still relatively yeah. recent. Yeah. When did well, you start getting into? Were you were you more focused on TV, film, or are you talking about your com- a successful commercial actor? So where did yeah. you, where did that all fall? With you, you see how I gave you a soft landing here. So where does <laughs> where does all the, how did you you know what I mean? Because that's yeah. those are three different things. Yeah, for those who are not familiar. I mean, that's uh, no, yeah, like I you know I finally I got uh, I was actually dating a girl whose roommate was a commercial agent who was like, hey, I'll represent you, and I uh, was like, okay, and I like got my first commercial. I even went in on a Carl's Junior commercial, and I was like, whoa, this you can actually do this and make money. And did you run out and buy an ascot immediately? <laughs> I, You're like conquered yeah. this. I was like, boom. That'd be great, and then of course didn't book anything for like a year and a half. <laughs> That's how it is. That. How it is. Went yeah. on a gazillion auditions. <laughs> and how long ago was how long? When did oh, you start doing this? Stuff? This was around year two thousand. Okay, right okay. around two thousand is when I started doing commercial stuff. And were they paying pretty well back then? So when you did yeah. that, was that, that a was buyout? Like the end like, of the was heyday. It, they were paying good, really so well. You didn't get bought out and like, or did you get buyout? But it was good. It was a good buyout. I mean, so you were no, making a reasonable. Was, li- I could live off this for a while. Money. Oh yeah. Okay. That's that, and that was back when like if you did one big national commercial, that was like your year yeah, right you now done. you need to do five or six Dude, okay. it's crazy it's so different you know, now it's, it's so, so different. different yeah no i was right at the end of that glory days okay yeah people buying did, houses and shit with yeah, their commercial checks before they did the loopholes with uh the freaking wild spots and dealer buyouts and all that crap that now they you know just strangle actors and you have to do five or now i, I literally have to do five or six good commercials to to make a decent living in that biz. And did you stay? Did you try to keep your focus in commercial acting, or did you really have a drive to do the other types of acting? Yeah, no, or, I or directing. Like, what what was going on in your yeah. head? Like, where did you see yourself, and like, how has it all you know worked out? I was for you? throwing clay at the walls. Okay, I, I just said, you know, I know I can write, I can direct, I can act. Uh, I'm just just throwing stuff, and I had irons in the fire all over the place. One of the plays that I wrote and directed, Matthew McConaughey optioned his. Wow, production company that uh, FX optioned okay. for a minute. That unfortunately they did they option in. with at least a little bit of money, so at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt so bad. Yeah, okay, I made man. a little bit of money, yeah, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah. the thing didn't go. Right, they, which was what you want. Yeah, you uh, want the obviously. thing because that's where the real money comes right. <laughs> in. Is when they start doing episodes. Um, but yeah, so I was I I still I'm still on that train. I'm okay. still have irons in the fires, you know, and just like waiting for the big one to kind of ignite. But uh, I did, act, you know, I've done TV, I've done commercials. I've Most done fun gig films. for you? Like wait, um, a gig that you got and you were either A, excited about, or the gig that you got and you're like, I, this is really cool. Like when you kind of go like from an acting standpoint, right? You do all this acting, you do all this schooling, you do all this training, and you're like, I'm yeah. digging this right now. This is, this is fucking cool. This, I'm glad I did what I did. Yeah. Was, well, there, ever, was mean, there ever a standout moment for that you? Was in, in that was the Tenacious stuff? D movie, which unfortunately was a bomb, but the experience. That was, was a that great moment. movie, though. People say that's a bomb, but dude, that movie was fucking awesome. It is, we'll call it a cult hit. It <laughs> is a cult classic. Yeah, so. It is. I, you know, it is. The kids watch it, and I still I get recognized daily from, you know, 18-year-old bag right. baggers at grocery stores like Lee. Right. Uh, I, 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 to me, to, to me, a true bomb is like a movie that no one. It doesn't become a cult. No nothing. One no saw. one ever saw yeah. whatsoever. So it's like sure, maybe it didn't accomplish the goals it accomplished, but if it has a following that will last for the next yeah. 40, 50 years, 
No. Well, you know, so be it. That was the bee's knees. I mean, you know, Ben Stiller was producing it and all those people that were in it. And I'm hanging out with Dave Grohl who's playing the devil in it. And yeah. who, you know, I, that was one of the characters I ended up doing on stage. I would basically was Dave Grohl's part live. Okay. I became Is that the weird devil. to you? It was weird, but he's he is the freaking coolest cat in the world. Right. Dave Grohl. I yes. mean, he is the nice he borderline nerd when you hang out with this guy like he's it's not this cool rock and roll icon yes, it's not he's not he's not so what you think you uh, when a traditional gave me like yeah. the blessing of blessings like dude freaking you are the you are you know he so i felt <laughs> no weirdness about it, it just, i just ran with it and then of course being the devil on stage in front of fifty thousand people singing dave girl's song like i was like i'll do it i'm the devil <laughs> i can um, do what i please. can do it uh, that's great, but man. that, yeah, I mean, that's that was a pinnacle moment. That was the most fun, just the experience and the people involved and how much fun it was. It was, yeah. And you know, it when it comes times. to, so my, I guess the reason why I asked that is because I, I don't, we talked about this many, many moons ago. I, 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 I got involved in commercial acting for like a minute and 30 seconds and I was when out. You were a kid, right? Well, that was different. Oh, okay. No, I'm talking about out here. Oh, okay. I tried it for a second. I was like, it's just not my thing, right? But, you know, the commercial acting, and this is no slam against anybody, but it's like from a creative standpoint, it's like it, you, you take what you get, right? It's not like you're like, oh, yeah. my God, I, I love AT&T, and this is probably the – I've always wanted to be in an AT&T commercial or whatever. It's not really about that. So yeah. it's like – so how do you – like, how do you approach that when that's when that's your living? Like, first from a creative yeah. standpoint, or do you have your you just basically compartmentalize? It's like one's a job, one's what you really want, kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've been very fortunate in the commercial stuff I've done. I think I've fallen into a certain niche of there. You know, I'm not doing tampons or sex drug commercials. Like, I definitely they're more creative kind of types. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've just been lucky. I don't know. Now, I'm probably cursed myself. I'll probably now you'll be like the tampon spokesman yeah, for the I'm next twelve be, years. Yeah. <laughs> it's the flow of tampons, everybody. As long as it's creative, just yeah. make sure that you get bring some creativity uh, to it. I've been very fortunate, and I have a great agent who just understands what I want to do, and I've expressed the, the stuff that I don't want to do. Okay, so I don't really get sent out for stuff like. She once called me for to do a Monsanto commercial, and I was like, "I'm not I'm sorry, I'm not going to do a Monsanto commercial." Right. So you actually, so so you're not. So there are certain things that you're like, absolutely fucking not. I don't care that, what the price is. That's on that. one of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, do you that's have a Nazi good. armband at home? We need you in this new Trump ad. Come on <laughs> yeah. out. I well, no, do a I mean Trump that's ad. a perfect example. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, where do you draw the line? Like, do you yeah. say I don't give it what? How much? Like, is the first question? Like, it doesn't matter. Do you have? And I'm, again, yeah. I'm not judging anybody if they if you have to pay a bill. And it's yeah. the only thing that's available. I get that. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like that doesn't necessarily mean that you're endorsing anything. But right. if you get to a certain point where you can pick and choose, that's yeah. That's and I'm great. not that choosy. That's I have a pretty no, but hard that's a legit line. one. Yeah, but I did do a McDonald's commercial, and I'm not Out. A, a huge McDonald's fan. But. No, no, dude, me neither. I've done one though. That's <laughs> but all right. I had to do a Both McDonald's you? commercial. Both of oh. you. Out. Out. Oh, well, you don't like? Oh, you love McDonald's. No, we're, we've moved down from McDonald's. Oh, sorry. Family. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. There's just been too many gross videos that come out at a certain point oh where you're God. like, eh, uh, maybe just uh, the chocolate shake. No, just the is chicken nugget thing. The chicken nugget thing is enough to to oh, never. God. Anyway, no. uh, do, uh, do we want oh, what time? Do we want to get into the implosion? I don't I, know. That's that's his call. I I kind of just I, I moved away from it. It's like I the way I look at it, it's like it's your it, life story. It's what you want to tell. Yeah. We're not looking to start Listen, fights. No, here, so. I'm, it, and and it's I'm sure not, you're not either. It's, it's, you know, I could do the safe and sane version. Um, I mean, long story short, uh, it was in Trainwreck, obviously. Kyle and I 
Trainwreck, but I was the front man of Trainwreck. You know, Kyle was the lead guitarist, and he was the leader of the group, and he was really the draw. It, in a sense, it was kind of like Ted Nugent situation. Right, Remember right. Ted Nugent, Cat Scratch Fever? He had the guy <laughs> that was the lead front man, and Ted Nugent was kind of like the guitar player, and he sang a few songs, but uh, really it was the front man who was doing all the stuff. That was our equation right. going on. I was the singing most of the songs. Kyle would do one or two in the set, and but I was the front guy. And then we we started off as too close to Tenacious D. We were like two guys with a drummer, and people were like, you're kind of like Tenacious D, right? Um, and we're like, we need a band. So we actually recruited uh, a couple guys that we met in Ohio, of all places. When we went out, Kyle was cruising a promoter chick there who was like, you guys come out and do some shows. I'll set you up with some musicians. And of course, Kyle was like, yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> And uh, we went out there, but the crazy thing was is she set us up with these freaking ringers, these young 20-year-old guys, this guitar player, John Gineski, who is like one of the best guitar players I've ever seen live, like crazy, has the, he plays with his nails, he has the nails oh, wow. that he grew out, like pick finger picks. He's just like this crazy guitar player. And then this bass player, um, John Spiker, who, those guys have worked with the Killers now, and they're they're involved with this whole Fred Armisen music thing with those other cats. From oh, he's got some band. Yeah, so I, I think I know. Yeah, that. yeah. He, they're now involved with them. So these, but we met these guys in freaking Ohio. Like they were just young whippersnappers, and we saw their talent. We were like, "You guys moved to L.A. You're in our band. It's that it's that <laughs> easy." They moved to L.A. the next week. They were just like packed their bags and they were there, and they became part of Trainwreck. So then we became this big band thing did they live with you and your wife um, and you regretted did. everything you said about coming out to la <laughs> they did not okay uh they they made it on their own but uh and then train wreck started and we you know started we made an album and a couple lps and stuff and we did an album with john king one of the dust brothers who did their album and and started getting stuff going on and then we would start those guys became part of tenacious of uh tenacious d's backing band when they kind the of same guys out. the same yeah. guys so now we're traveling the world and now we're doing gigs on the side as train wreck when when tenacious d's playing this night and we have an extra night in london so we oh, okay. book a gig okay. over here in australia and new zealand and and come back to the states and jack's doing a movie for three months so we're hitting the road and we're doing everything and we were having fun, and it was pretty small time. You know, we were just playing to a few hundred people and stuff. But we had a night in Chicago five years ago, and it was just, it was a cluster F. Uh, we, we were, you know, bands are hard to stay together. There's there's yeah. a family element. Yep. There's a lot of just different, different minds there's in there. There's a lot of different stuff, and people trying to grab the reins, and I got a song, and I want to sing it, and blah, blah, blah. And unfortunately, Kyle, it wasn't much of a organizer in that sense it was sort of a free-for-all and me and the guitar player kind of did a lot of the making decisions on tours and where we were going and things and kyle just went along for the ride but we had a huge implosion in chicago one night when i was driving our vehicle away we, we had a trailer with all our stuff in it when some guy pulls up next to me honking his horn like what rolled down my window he's like dude your trailer's wide open shit's falling out pull over to the side of the road oh, no. and we it was just an implosion we just got into this huge cat fight all of it who left the freaking trailer door open that's not my job that's your job bah, bah, bah. i totally lost my cool everyone lost their cool we screamed at each other 
terrible, terrible, terrible. It was ugly, you know. Finally got back to the hotel. I had to stop at a Rite Aid and buy a lock for the thing because we left the lock on the roof, <sighs> fell off, blah, blah, blah. I got back to the hotel room, all went into our rooms, totally pissed at each other. It was ugly, you know, a big spat. The next morning I woke up with a note under my door from Kyle saying, dude, that was too much, can't deal. Here's a ticket back to L.A., the guys were driving the truck back. I'm already in L.A. because I left early this morning. It's done. We're done. And, then, you know, couldn't get him on the phone. Yaddy, yaddy. Uh, ended up doing a Tenacious D show, which, because Jack wasn't quite privy to what was going on yet. And we had a show lined up in L.A. Um, and we did a sh- for World of Warcraft convention. Oh, which wow. is probably massive, probably. Yeah, I'm guessing. It was massive. Yeah, yeah. And Dave Grohl played drums, and I did my things that I usually did. And then a week after that, I got the call from Jack. Hey, dude, can we do lunch? And I was like, yeah, okay. And I met him over at uh, Cafe 101, and uh, he basically sat me down and gave me a severance check. It was very healthy, and was like, sorry, man, Kyle just doesn't want you around right now. And I was like, Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What does this have to do with Tenacious D? Like, this is train wreck, and we're, you, you know, you know me, Jack. I've known you since we were 18 years old, blah, 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 blah. He basically just kind of sided with Kyle. He kind of had to. Yeah. I mean, I was an expendable part of the puzzle, and uh, that's pretty much the story. And I've seen Kyle since then. We can talk to each other in a room. We have a lot of mutual friends. But and we were good buddies. We were very good buddies. Um, but uh, it just, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still processing like what happened there. Well, you know what, man, it was I, more than what it was about. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. which here's the thing, I uh, you know I used to tour manage bands for many many moons. Oh really? Oh yeah, lots of fights. Okay. So you know, the- lots of issues. Yeah. It took me and one of the bands probably about ten years. Before you finally go, ah, what the fuck, you know, and then you just move yeah. on. So yeah. the way I hear it all, and I'm like, oh, these guys will work it out. And eventually, it'll all work itself out. That's what I hear because, like, I've been in that world, and I know the. Yeah. There's a weird and t- for people that don't understand, like that 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 touring world and the vans and the trailers. That's an it's intense, man, and it's like, oh yeah, it's weird hours. It's, it's yeah, it's road confined. trips every yeah, day. Like, yeah. yeah, there's so it's, many. It's a roller coaster ride, literally. Of emotions in a vacuum, and, and, yes, because you don't know vacuum. what day it is, no. and you're in a new city every day. Yeah. Like your biorhythms are going, boop, 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 boop. your body is just like yeah. in this weird, like you might as well be in outer space, yep. like in a capsule with each other. Um, yeah, it's a weird dynamic, and it, it all just kind of imploded. And I'm leaving out some details, which to is fine, the yeah. innocent and not so innocent, but there were some other factors at hand that sure. played into what was going on. A little Charlie Sheenish. It'll pr- oh, it'll probably all come full circle at some Charlie. point. Hopefully, all works out for the best for everybody. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We- <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. John's doing some mix. John's Panama. doing some. Yeah, I was going to say, he's uh, uh, I did uh, take a miming class at the Warrenville Community Center when I was a child. But in respects to you, like if I was to say to you over the next couple of years, I mean, because you've done a lot and you, you and, yeah. and you're, you you've you've dabbled in a lot of different things, which is actually kind of cool because I think that gives you a well-rounded experience of the business, everything from actual acting to the music business, like everything. You've kind of dabbled in all of it out in L.A., which is kind of cool. What are some things that you haven't really challenged yourself with yet that you'd like to, you know, really, you're hoping over the next couple of years, I don't know whether it's directing television or maybe a film or, or like yeah. where, where, where you want to kind of, you know, do more? Cause you seem Writing, like a do more yeah. guy. Like I don't, I don't yeah. strike you as like, I'm just going to be a commercial actor from here on out. I'm all no. good, everybody. No, that's a means to an end. I hope. 
I want to write, I, you know, and I am writing, and I need to, I need to write more. I need to focus on writing. It's one of those things that it's it's kind of hard for me uh, when no one's waiting. Like when I when yeah, people are no waiting, deadline, there's, there's no, no deadline. Do you want us to give you one? Yeah, Can we're you, waiting. Yeah. We're waiting to see your latest script. Yeah. Yeah. Can we hurry it along? Yeah. How's, is that working? Or I mean, how's I'll that working? I text you every morning from my toilet. Yeah. Where is it, dude? I need pages. Ten yeah. pages. <laughs> Ten pages by end of day. Because uh, that was that was how that's kind of my reference point with writing. Like because I started as a playwright, and my plays we always had to pitch like your show you were going to do. You didn't need the script. You just had right. to pitch the show, and then you got a slot, and then and you, you had, had to write to it, meet that slot. Yeah, or else that's it. You wouldn't get to do it, and You'd that's be a buffoon it. For asking for so, this I would always wait till the last minute, and then like write the play in you know five days, and then you work it out in rehearsals, anyways, do rewrites, and get it all ready and stuff. But yeah, but anyway, to answer your question directly, specifically writing, I really I know I'm talented in that realm, and I need to like put the rubber on the road and do it. Get down to brass tacks, man. I know you're writing screenplays, writing scripts, screenplays. For- yeah, yeah. I've already written a screenplay. I wrote a screenplay that's been around town that didn't really get any bites about uh, a professional bass fisher. Um, that it, it got some interest and then it just kind of fell flat. And um, now I'm working on another one about some gorilla pot growers. Yeah. Um, and that's who go bass fishing? Thing. They go. Might yeah. Mix some <laughs> bass fishing in there. If you need anyone to sample the weed, oh Johnny, or the fish, I will say that based on your the, the story that you've told us, and I'm sure John would agree. I, I have a feeling wherever you're you're going to end up, wherever you want to end up, that seems to kind of be your mo. You know, yeah. when you it's always sometimes you have to look, you have to kind of step back from your own life sometimes and look at what you've accomplished and go, oh yeah, I'll get there. I, I totally yeah. will get there. I, I, I can I can see you, you know, finding that uh, that spot. Well, I also feel like you're not. Right. It's not you're you're not missing like a lot of fame or all the money. You just no. want to be able to get by, and you yeah, and you totally would like to be able to no. do it, doing something you like yeah. to do. Like I right. have a family now. I have a four year old daughter, a wife who's a real estate agent in this area. Actually, yeah. oh. one of her hot so spots. Brian, if you're looking to move, <laughs> if you're looking to stay move, in the area by ourselves. Uh, Keller Williams, Los Feliz. He left the card on the front door. Yes, you like raising hey. kids in L.A. Where do you stand on that whole thing, just out of curiosity? I have a four-year-old daughter who was uh, just diagnosed with high-level autism, high-functioning autism, um, with a really extremely high IQ. So basically, she's gifted. It's They don't use Asperger's anymore for some reason. This is what the psychologist said. They use, put you on the spectrum of autism, and it's like high-functioning autism. Okay. But she's kind of Asperger-y in a way, like social issues, emotional issues, but like... memory percentile. She has like a photographic memory, so she remembers everything. Good luck lying to that kid. Yeah. yeah, Jesus Christ. My parents couldn't remember shit. So raising kids that I'm, we're navigating the raising kid with the kid, a complicated kid uh, in LA, and she's, you know, in preschool now. So we we haven't really hit the the big time with the schooling situation. Um, But we, you know, we have a good time. Uh, you know, you you've been through the drill. Oh yeah, I'm the you PTA. Know, pre- I tell this on every show because I feel like I have to. Yeah, I've he, earned it. And, and he's. Would mad. you want to tell everybody what I am? Oh, Brian Irwin is the PTA president. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he didn't get any phone calls on President's Day, yeah. which still bothers that bothers him. Bothers me. Nice. Um, also, I think uh, just one. I mean, email? I think if we look at text, a tweet. I think if you look at House of Cards, the TV show, yeah. I think that is as close to Brian's PTA presidency. I, I agree. I agree nice. with that. 
Yeah. Uh, You're a real I, Frank Underwood there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, here's the thing, the other thing with you is if you ever just want to make something, I feel like there's a couple friends you may be able to call back in Vegas that may right, have some money they right. can dig up out hey, in the desert to give you. Tony Spilato Jr. Hey, you Untraceable yeah. cash? You know what I'm saying? Untraceable cash. Can you make Scorsese Hello. an offer he can't refuse? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, anything yeah. else, what, Jonathan? Just, I mean, writing, What? what is your... Because I feel like there's a lot of similarities between us. Not not like I'm, you know, I, I do write, but I'm probably not uh, very good. But... Uh, I He's just done some funny stuff. I just feel like you know you you do what you do what you can do. Do you do you ever see yourself? I guess is my question. Do you ever see yourself just going? You know what? Fuck it. This didn't work out. I'm gonna do something else now. Uh, I've never really had that thought. No, I haven't. I've always felt like I can tread water and like make a living in this biz. Like, and the the commercial thing has been sort of my gravity the last. 16 years yeah that i've been able to make money in the biz and then still try doing this other stuff that no i kind of feel my thing that the voice inside is like dude you, there's nothing else you can really do that's what i was going to ask it's you getting, is if you felt that way kind of getting late in the game, in the game here yeah. it's seventh inning and what what are you going to do like you know my wife always talks about we need to go buy a ranch somewhere and i'm like and i'm going to make money how ranching because, selling cows yeah <laughs> ranch like, dressing some honey um <laughs> No, I Jelly. can't. I have to be in like LA. I don't even think I could be in New York. I would have to hit the reset button and start all over with contacts. And yeah, people and, yeah, and a family and that whole yeah, yeah everything. Right. So it's like no, I have to be in LA. This is kind of where I have. You're to a survivalist, be. wouldn't you say? Like yeah. this type of you kind of have to have a survivalist mentality of like, all right, yeah, this is going to be tough for a sec, and I'm going to get through it. Then you oh, do, yeah. and you go, all right, I'm back in, and then you know you you know that there's always. That pitfall that can happen, and I think that develops a certain type of thick skin. Yeah, and you got to just stay in the game. Oh yeah, I I spent fifteen years hand to mouth with money as a handyman and trying to do stuff. Like literally lived in a shitty little apartment in Los Feliz and just paid the rent and and had no savings or anything. And then you get to a point where you know you start making some money. And you're like, hey, I can I can hang with this. I can do this. I you know, bought a house in Pasadena, yada, yada, here I am. So you just kind of go. And so I, I think had that not happened, I probably would have taken a fork in the road and been like, yeah, well, maybe I need to get into this finished carpentry work because <laughs> maybe I need to destroy my back sooner than later. <laughs> yes. Right. But yeah, um, the commercials do help. I mean, that's like, that's yeah. what pays for stuff at this point. Totally. Yeah. No, that's been my bread and butter. And it's like, if I get a guest spot on a TV show, it's just gravy here and there, and you know, and the writing stuff, the the, the few things that I've gotten paid for is gravy. But we're, I'm more overworking on trying to get into those areas. Hopefully, yeah. And remember, <laughs> when all else fails, just do the fonts. You're you're known for the fonts, man. When I'm all else fails, just go. Hey, hey. that's. I'll, that I'll, I'll be honest. That's I did a rip. horrible font. You did I'm a, from the walking. But I would have said yours was okay until I heard his, and then I was like, "Boop, nope, you're done." Uh, thank you for coming by, man. Great Thanks show. For me. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, anything people should look for you on coming up? Uh, some theater. Yeah. Later in the year, uh, my company actually it's kind of a coup. We got uh, the rights to Kurt Vonnegut's short stories Whoa. from the Vonnegut estate. Wow. And uh, we will be doing them, I believe, at the Atwater Village Theater um, 
uh, in the fall. Um, so you can watch for that. The, the theater company is called The Next Arena. And the, I think the play title is going to change. It's Hometown USA right now. <laughs> it's a very R-Townish sort of piece, but, yeah. it's, but it's all directly based on and from Kurt Vonnegut's uh, short stories. Great. He's a great writer. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be doing that later in the year. Otherwise, just turn on your TV. Yeah. <laughs> and don't you'll, fast forward through the commercials. And you'll, you'll see me between shows. <laughs> Plenty. Hilarious. Plenty. All <laughs> thank right, you man. for sharing, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Good show, everybody. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 